Catherine McClellan joined us here in the studio. I'm going to read some of this bio. She's kept away from the media, circus, and celebrity scene, preferring to live at home in rural PEI. But now she loves the media, and she's on the Drew Marshall Show. <laughs> she's uh, worked diligently at her craft, releasing a series of remarkable creative albums, culminating into the Juno Award-winning The Raven's Son from 2014 to go along with multiple East Coast Music Awards, thereby Canadian Folk Music Awards, Music PEI Awards, Fisherman Society Awards. <laughs> Most impressively, she's chosen to carve out her career path without trading on her family name. And there's so many interesting dynamics uh, that go along with this. But, Catherine, first of all, let's go right into the shadow factor. Let's get that out of the way, if you don't mind, okay? Can right. we just get right into that? Let's do it. Okay. The shadow factor. Is it really a thing? Do you mean me not wanting to be in my dad's shadow? Yeah. Oh, big time. And I mean, maybe it wouldn't have been if I'd, if I'd you know, been becoming a musician here mm. in Ontario or somewhere where people don't really know my dad. But when I was growing up, uh, first of all, my dad died when I was 14. So there was a lot of just stuff I was trying to figure out on my own. And then as I started playing music, uh, writing my own songs, um, I just didn't, I wanted to figure out who I was before, you know, people labeled me as Jean McClellan's daughter, and I tried my best to do it, and it worked for a long time. And um, But it's been over 20 years, and if I'm not ready now, I never will be to, you know, play my dad's stuff. And right. So, yeah, it's time. Do you remember the, a specific moment where you were specifically put in his shadow? Lots of times. Yeah, I mean, just like every announcer who, who uh, was in the know, like, be introducing me on a show or um, what every interview I've ever done on the radio, people, and I'm never going to be like, don't talk about my dad. Like I, <laughs> like Bill, Billy Bob Thornton or whatever it was. Yeah. Remember that interview? Don't on... talk about my real career. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I, lo I, I love my dad. And, and so I'm not going to tell people not to talk about him. And, you know, it's interesting for people to know. Um, but for a long time, I never played his songs. And it wasn't until I think we did like a backyard outdoor party for my friends actually in Coburg. And uh, somebody said, would you play Snowbird? And I was like, I don't really know it, but... Sure, you know, this is fun, this is informal, we're all kind of family and friends here, so, mm -hmm. um, and that was the first time we played it as a band, and and, uh, and then it was really fun, and people enjoyed it, we enjoyed it, and so we kept doing it, and, you know, and then recorded it on a record, and, you know, that was a, that was a while ago, and, and finally we, uh, we did a whole record of his stuff, which we'd wanted to do for a while. So, why the release of Daddy Songs? <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> um... Well, like I said, we'd wanted to do it for a while. Yeah, but um, but is it? Hold on. Actually, what I really want to ask yeah. is: Is there anything cathartic about this? Is there anything therapeutic about this? Is totally. there anything healing about this? Big time. I mean, um, well, if I, uh, to be totally honest, your first question, why now, was because we were asked to do a show this summer in PEI, that, and they said, "Would you do a show of your dad's songs three nights a week?" And uh, I was like. I get to stay home and you're going to pay me to play music? That sounds great. Yeah. So I, I did. I, I wrote a show, actually. It's like a full-on stage show with the, the music of my dad and his life story. And uh, and we thought, well, if we're going to do a record of my dad's music, now's the time. And uh, so so that's why now. Mm. Um, but it's it has been cathartic. You know, it's... It's been a really long, slow journey of healing. Um, I lost my dad to suicide and people didn't talk about suicide. Um, 
he was a very religious man and uh, you know there were lots of um, yeah lots of things that I had to deal with in my own mind and my heart uh, to get to this point holy cow do we have a few things to talk about yeah I also got divorced. And, uh, do you want like? Yeah. No, no, I'm just no, joking. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can go on for days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's time to move to Nashville and start yeah. writing hurting stuff. Yeah, you my know. dog hasn't died yet. No, no, no just my you. truck. <laughs> um, I, oh, I don't know. I just I didn't want to go total dad on you. I didn't. It's okay. No. We're here. We're going to play my dad's songs today. Well, that was that's kind yeah. of thought. I thought, well, that's the CD we're kind of let's talking about here. Yeah. So, and then uh, let's talk about this gig tonight. Yeah, in Guelph yeah. at United Church. Yeah, we're playing at the Dublin Street United Church in Guelph tonight. It's going to be fun. We're we're doing the whole show that we did in the summer, with you know, uh, audiovisual stuff and you know pictures of my dad. Slideshows. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, my... did you have the carousel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris has to kick it every time to make it go. Get stuck in that one awkward shot, you know? Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun. And, and uh, it's we're doing that and it, then Peterborough and then we're back home again. So and you're back home. So of, Peterborough on Sunday night? E, Sunday kind of afternoon, afternoon, actually. Okay, yeah, good. Because people go to bed in Peterborough. Sunday nights around five, right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Who's this uh, studly man beside you? This studly man is uh, my partner in music and life. This is Chris Goche from North Rustico PEI. You know, I didn't think we were, uh, we were, you and I would have much time to chat because he is such a chatty Cathy. He's very, yeah, he's very talkative. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> You'd make a great funeral director. Thank you. I am looking for a job. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> or I might be after this. But yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, expectation that people might have when they come to one of your gigs, if they're new to your music, how do you sell yourself? It depends what, you know, if I'm doing this show about my dad, it's a whole other thing. But, you know, I've never been very good at selling myself, honestly. Good Canadian kid you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but th this is a totally different version of me. You know, this is me... Um, being a storyteller and singing someone else's songs, it's, it's uh, you know, usually if people are coming to my show, they're coming for my songs, which is really an honor um, to be able to do that and satisfying on a lot of levels. And this is a whole different version of me. So, yeah. I, yeah. Can we do a song? For sure. Yeah. Do you have any guitars around that we could? Yeah. Why don't we just, oh, look, here's some guitars. Oh. Yeah. We'll See. just uh, play them. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. Um, set up the song. This is a song called Bide My Time, which is a, a real uh, heartbreak song. It's not necessarily a spiritual-minded song, but it's uh, sad. All, all heartbreak is spiritual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Live on the Drew Marshall Show, Catherine McClellan. I can't believe that you're honestly thinking of leaving me. I thought that leaving really wasn't Drowning in tears, drunk constantly nearer the misery. Despite my time, while the glow from the wine makes a fool of me. Over and over, I practice every day. 
stop you from going and keep you from knowing how I feel. But to the light says goodbye to the night and in your face I see. Just be biding my time while the glow and the wine makes a fool of me. Over That was so good. Catherine McClellan live on the Drew Marshall Show with Chris Goche kicking it in the background. So how dangerous is it for people like me as a musical outsider to do comparison things? Do you? Does that irritate you? Does that get under your skin or... Depends on the... Uh, comparison? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with... I, I, heard, I heard stuff that I grew up with in that. I heard... Lightfoot, I heard Anne Murray, I heard... Well, that's, uh, I mean, that's a song from the 60s. He wrote it in the 60s. It was the first uh, track that Anne Murray covered of his songs, one of a bunch that she would do. Yeah, yeah. So, so. yeah, it's, I mean, there's like chord changes and, and uh, just melodies that uh, are definitely time. But, I mean, aside from the obvious, yeah, duh, no wonder you heard that, what is it about that era... That that is so trans like so. Not, what am I trying to say? It's so. Oh wait, it's from then. Yeah. What is that? I think part of it. I mean, maybe Chris has a better idea. Um, but like the the way the melody goes, the chord changes. It's it feels kind of timeless, but it is of a time, and and it sounds a bit like you're right. It sounds of that time. I don't. Do you have a thought on yeah, that? Yeah, definitely a, a a writing style of the time. Yeah, yeah. but it, it's a. It's not a lyrical writing style. It's no, it's, but more it's so a melody. The forms, the forms, forms. And so right. and the songs and whatnot. But you know what? Kind of, I I keep thinking about this because 
all all of my dad's songs were considered pop songs at the time. Isn't that funny? And they were like Snowbird and and uh, you know Put Your Hand in the Hand. They were all played. Well, Snowbird was played on country music stations and pop stations and uh, you know adult contemporary stations. I mean, it was like a crossover hit. <laughs> but but isn't that interesting? Because I I've heard that uh, uh, Eva Cassidy really didn't become Eve Cassidy because the A&R guys didn't know where to put her, right. and yet Snowbird crossed over everything. Yeah, it, I mean, it surprises me. You know, when you think of crossover hits now, I mean, there was a, a country band that had a pop hit a couple of years ago. I remember listening to it on the radio and thinking. Yeah, that's a country pop song, um, but all the crossover hits from the back in the day were like I think they're country songs now. I'm pretty sure they're folk or country. Yeah, but they were pop songs. I love that. Um, Late Gig is the sponsor of this segment, and we call this segment live on the Drew Marshall Show, devoted solely to the art of music. LateGig.com. That's where you go. Performing live in studio today is Catherine McClellan. And uh, Catherine and I have been chatting about all sorts of things. And then every once in a while, we get a word in uh, around Chris's big conversational diatribes. Okay, so can I go to... The, you, you mentioned um, your dad was a religious guy. Mm-hmm. Catholic? What was his thing? He was raised uh, in, in a Baptist church in Toronto, where he grew up. With uh, Templeton? Chuck Templeton? Do you know the preacher? You know, the big was he a big? Was it on Avenue Road? Do you know the church? I have no I'm idea. just getting all excited for no reason. Because... You know what? You'll have to get my aunt Joan in to tell you because she knows everything because she was there. Okay. Um, and I kind of when the details start coming, I stop listening because I like the broad strokes. You know. <laughs> Got it. Go wreck a good story with facts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he was raised in the Baptist church, and and uh, you know his his mom came from a very strict uh, the Scottish uh, Kirk. Uh, in PEI, where no music was allowed and or no instruments were allowed, right? And uh, my grandfather, I, I don't know, uh, you know, Presbyterian, some sort. I don't okay. know. He ended up in the Baptist, Baptist Church. Do you think that religion played a role in your father's demise? Oh, so much. I think uh, I was thinking about this on the way up here today, or down. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I think. My dad uh, was bipolar. He had a lot of mental health issues. He always really didn't feel worthy of of his success. Mm. And he, uh, you know, I'm not going to blame re- religion or or uh, maybe religion. I don't know. In the end, like, he never really found a church that he was really felt 100% in. You know, he always was very aware of um, people doing hypocritical things within the church. And he really despised that. And But deep down he had this big spiritual uh, life and not deep down he ended up having a, a you know a gospel career at the end and he did prison ministry uh, all the time that I was growing up that's how I knew him um, wow so that was his thing and, and oh, hold on yeah yeah go for it did, did you know where you were coming today yeah and did you go Ugh. no I was excited were you because nobody ever we never talk about this stuff yeah it's great. Okay. that's so interesting to me well, come see the show tonight. I'll tell you more about it. <laughs> nice hook. I like that. By the way, the show is at uh, Dublin Street United Church in Guelph, and it starts at? Maybe 7.30. Seven, okay. Might be 7 or 8. So sometime after 7. <laughs> got it. Got it. Tim, you want to look that up? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Still haven't got popped the trunk. No. Figure that out, will you? Um, do you? So hold on. What I really want to know is, 
And I hopefully, hopefully you understand enough about our show to know that you're, this is a safe place to, yeah. to sort of go, well, for example, uh, if you go to to hellwithreligion.com, yeah. that's a subdomain for my website. Sweet. Okay? Great. So, and, and I've often said that one of the reasons Jesus, if he was real and if the stories are real and if we can trust the historical whatever, mm-hmm. one of the reasons he was killed is because he said to hell with religion. Yeah. And then his followers went out and started a religion. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in a safe place. I want to know if your father's journey, early death, suicide, religion, that whole mix and what you grew up with and what you saw, if that has left a bitter taste in your mouth when it comes to religion. Definitely. You know, when my, um, you know, some of this is hard to talk about, but when I, uh, when my dad first uh, took his life, um, we were part of a very, you know, left-wing kind of uh, non-denominational Christian church at that point. And um, I, you know, I, I went there every week with my family. Um, uh, and one of my dearest friends came up to me afterwards. We were kind of debriefing, you know, this whole dad thing that had happened, mm-hmm. you know, to my best friends. And one of them said, I'm really sad because I know that he's going to hell because he took his life. And um, so, yeah, that was like the beginning of my journey of like, that can't be true. You know, and and you really think? starting to think like, I don't know what is true, and I still don't to this day. And I don't care to know what is the truth because I don't think there's just one. I think that there's so much truth in so many different uh, spiritual paths, and uh, that's where I stand today. But yeah, that was the beginning of of the end of of religion for me. Yeah. Too bad your dad's going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, she's, that's she was really sad one, about that, it. That's the number one dumb thing to say in a funeral line. I mean, we were young. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I am... Someone's touching me. What? What? Uh, doors open 7.30. Show starts 8. Yes. There you go. Come see my show. 68 Suffolk Street West, Guelph, Ontario. Okay. Thanks, Tim. Thank you for touching me and letting me know you're going to talk, because it just scares me when you start talking, and I don't know what's happening. Can we do... I love you. Okay, too much touching. Too much touching. Turn the teddy bear. Um, (laughs) Do you want to do another song? Is that cool? Yeah, why don't we do... uh, uh, This is kind of an autobiographical song that my dad wrote um, called Thorn in My Shoe. It's it's really about him. He was a wanderer. He never really put down roots uh, too deep anywhere he went. uh, Did he ever do the Camino? No, but he would have loved that. Yeah. No, he went to Morocco to buy hash instead. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing. (laughs) Live on the Drew Marshall Show, Catherine McClellan.
Clellan on the Drew Marshall Show. Um, okay, wow, so many questions, so little time. First of all, dude, you can play. Hey, thank you, man. <laughs> I don't have these weird kind of uh, memory moments that flash in. So Red Shade, you know that name? Uh, yeah. yeah, so played with Gordon Lightfoot for mm-hmm. a thousand years. And just the way you filled in, again, you're t- it's like, anyway, I'm going to stop rambling about <laughs> stuff. Back in time. Yeah, that's what's happening to me. Um, okay. Because I was, I mean, I was a grade seven, and I did a project on Gordon Lightfoot. Like, who, did, who? Nobody in grade seven even knew who Gordon Lightfoot was, really, right? But I was just this super nerd, and my sister was into his music, and went to Massey Hall. And well, let me just tell you a quick Gordon Lightfoot story. Thanks. Yeah. I got to meet him for the first time uh, a couple of years ago. It was a big celebration at uh, the old Masonic Temple in uh, at Young and. I don't know, near Yorkville, can't remember where the cross street is. And uh, Jane Harbury invited me to go, and, and I ran into one of the Good Brothers. And I grew up in Richmond Hill, so we grew up with the Good Brothers. And so we got chatting about that, and he says, listen, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. Turn around, and it's Gordon Lightfoot. Mm-hmm. I knew he was there, but I didn't think I was going to get introduced to him. So I'm not a celeb, gaga, heavy-breathing freak. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> um, but I was gobsmacked, as the Aussies say, and, and uh, it was kind of cool to uh, to meet Gordon Lightfoot. Mm-hmm. I felt um, the same way meeting him. I just felt you did. like I almost cried when I met him. I actually went into another room and shed a few tears because <laughs> there was just something really special about meeting such a Canadian legend. And, Crazy. Uh, yeah, really a special guy. Crazy. Well, I went to the parking lot after that. It was a hot summer day. I had my suit jacket on, my, my duds. And I couldn't find my car. I was a little discombobulated. So I spent 20 minutes walking through this stupid, hot, humid parking lot uh, trying to find my car. And my key fob thing wasn't working because the battery was low. Otherwise, I'd set the alarm off. I walked straight into one of those sewer pipes that hang low and knocked myself almost completely unconscious, dropped to one knee, and felt the sweat dripping down my... No, it was blood. That's my Gordon Lightfoot story. That's a good story. That is good. Yeah. Or bad. Or bad, depending yeah. on how you look at it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
You better look up. <laughs> That's right. Um, do you have any sort of idly type people that you would just love to meet, Catherine McClellan? Oh, so many of them are gone or, uh, you know, I, uh, <clears throat> no, I don't. Yeah. You, I mean, today, bucket list complete. I have met Drew Marshall. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I, I don't really feel that way. I feel like I'm so lucky to have their music like Joni Mitchell. I, uh, I, I love her so much. And have you young met and her? No. And you know what? I feel like I don't want to, like, I feel like you should not meet your heroes. I think you should just allow them to be up on a pedestal yeah, and enjoy yeah. that. That's why I don't hang out with people very much. Me, yeah, me too. Yeah. Nobody wants to hang out with you because they don't want you to come off your pedestal. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Probably bump his head. Yeah. <laughs> knock myself out again. Um, when was the last time you were performing and you just had that magic happen where you just looked around and it all, at the, all cylinders were firing? You were in a magical moment and you were like, I am doing what I was born to do. I had that this summer a bunch of times. You know, it was, I remembered being a little girl and like, it's not about being in the spotlight. It really isn't. It's about connecting with people and playing music and writing music that fills me so much. But there was a moment where I was like, oh, this is my little girl version of a dream. You know, we have all the pro lights. Uh, we have a full house. We had a full house every night this summer. Yeah. It was crazy. Was this at the beer place? Yeah. The What's P. the I name Bre- of the Brewing Company. Okay, P.I. Yeah. Brewing Company. You know, Pretty like ingenious name. 200 and some people every night came to see the show three nights a week for 11 weeks. It was insane. And at some point, once I realized that I could stop worrying about the, the script and, and uh, the songs like I knew them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then I, I got to have like a little out-of-body experience where I was like, oh, wow, this is... I'm I'm doing what I want to be doing. It's not how I imagined it would happen, you know, mm-hmm. but it was a really special uh, and to be able to play with all my favorite brothers on stage. Favorite brothers? Well, from other mothers? Yeah, like okay. Chris and Remy and yeah. my whole band, really amazing. Uh, in case you're wondering who you're listening to, she's going to do another song here in just a second, but Catherine McClellan is in the studio. Uh, the website is Catherine that's with a C, C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E, in case you didn't know how to spell Catherine with a C, McClellan, M-A-C-L-E-L-L-A-N, no D, CatherineMcClellan.com. And you can go to this website and you can buy all sorts of booty. What do you got? Keychains, Frisbees, no. beer coolers. I have CDs. CDs, right. Yeah. That's what I meant. Sorry. And... I think she's given us permission to go here, so we'll, we will go here. No, that's silly. We are going here because the, the CD is really kind of based on on dad stuff. Gene McClellan wrote two worldwide multi-million selling smash hits, Snowbird by Anne Murray and Put Your Hand in the Hand by Ocean. I was at a, a little blues bar in Printer's Alley in Nashville one time with uh, some musicians that I know, and a guy walked in. And the, the guy I was there with said, uh, see that, that guy over there? That guy was ruined as a human being by one song. And it was the Butterfly Kisses guy. What's, his, what's that guy's name? Uh, guy. Yeah, no, anyway. But he wrote this song, and, uh, and his life tanked after that. Yeah. He made lots of money and did really well, but just... I can't, yeah. yeah, I can't imagine. Bob Carlyle. Bob Carlyle, Carlyle. there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hit wonder kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. sort of thing, yeah. You know, I, I, I think my dad uh, didn't have that experience. I think he was a very successful songwriter who quickly realized he didn't want to be in the spotlight and, uh, and consciously made decisions to not continue that path. 
Right. Um, but to continue writing songs, you know, I the only thing I ever saw my dad do that looked anything close to work was write songs. Really? Yeah. I mean, he he worked really diligently at it. Do you write songs in a similar fashion to your dad? Because he died when you were fourteen. So I mean, it's I don't think from. Zero to 14, you'd be sitting around writing songs with your dad. No. So you wouldn't be able to... It's not like you can look back and go, yeah, I learned a lot from my dad about writing yeah. songs. It was osmosis. I mean, what I learned from him was that uh, work ethic when it came to music. You know, he he perfected... Like, when you listen to the, the, the lyrics and the way the melody and the lyric are combined, I mean, there's not a moment where you don't feel... Where it, when you're singing it, like it just comes out so perfectly. You know, he worked so hard on that, like making sure it just flowed, and and so that is uh, something that I learned from him. And and then now listening to his songs, I learned so much about the craft of songwriting from him. And playing his songs instead of my own, I'm learning about. You know, I have a bigger voice than I thought I did. You know, I can sing differently than I thought I I could. So you know, I'm learning a lot from him still. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Did Did you know help you grow a pair? <laughs> yeah. Well, it didn't do. Maybe I should word that a yeah. little differently. I, I already you know had I mean? a like, pair. No, yeah. but you know the the identity thing, right? Yeah. yeah, I think it it was a it was a signal to me that it was okay to do my dad's stuff. It was like I won a, a Juno for a record that I released independently, and uh, uh, Chris and I recorded it together on our own terms, in the place that we wanted to do it, you know, on our own dime, and and that album was the one that won the Juno and I felt really great about that mm. um, and they're you know they're all my songs and whatever the Juno may not mean what it meant when my dad won a Juno I don't know it di- certainly didn't change my life but it did change my thinking it made me think oh I've been accepted by the broader community right yeah yeah because I did read a quote that said something like okay I've, I've got a Juno now yeah. I don't have to worry about the shadow factor near as much yeah I've grown up I know who I am and uh, and I also have a child who's growing up and you know I would love her to get to know her mom and dad as much as, you know, I, I didn't get to know my dad. And um, so now I get to know him a little bit through his music, and that's really cool. Is your daughter musical? Yeah, she's very musical. She's amazing. Isabel. Would it be, would it be hor- yeah. oh, sorry, her name's Isabel? Isabel. What, is, like, what, what if Isabel was just tone deaf, completely tone deaf, and there's a musical family, this genealogy, and she's just like, nah, nothing. I would be thrilled because that would mean she couldn't be a musician. <laughs> You're like, go be an accountant. Great. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, could we do another song? And then just to forewarn you, when we come back from this song, yeah. I want to ask you about uh, mental health stuff. Great. You know, I'd the, love bi- to the bipolar thing. And yeah. and um, yeah. Great. Uh, I normally don't warn people about questions, but I wanted you to think about this while you're playing this song. What song okay. are we going to do? We're going to do uh, Lonesome River. Is that all right, Chris? Yeah. I know I didn't tell it's you. It's all right. That, that. Uh, Has he ever said no? Oh, yeah, lots of times. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. No, I just, he seems just so, you seem lovely. Oh, gee. That, that, that's the best that's thing awkward. I've heard. That's the best thing I've heard all year. You're lovely. It's because he ate Thank lunch you. before oh, came. Oh, it yeah. does make a big difference. Yeah, yeah the blood sugar level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So the setup to this? Yeah, this is a song called Lonesome River, and uh, yeah, it's more of this. I, I don't know. These are these are my favorite dad songs, the ones that we're playing. So Beautiful. Yeah. Live in the Drew Marshall Show, Catherine McClellan. You start it because I don't remember how it goes.
Catherine McClellan, well done, well done, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um, 
Bipolar. Mm. Mental health. Yeah. Your dad struggled with it. What do you blame more for his suicide? His mental health or religion? Neither, actually. Um, I think those all contributed to it. And I think uh, it's maybe not necessarily religion's fault, but uh, the combined effort of religion and and, uh, and his mental health. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just his very strict up- upbringing and, and all that stuff. But um, I think really in the end it was... Uh, th- the mental health uh, industry, uh, they didn't know that he was bipolar. They weren't giving him the right kind of medication. Mm. Um, he disappeared on us really quickly. And, uh, you know, I don't blame anybody. I do blame the, s- the system. I blame uh, the, a lack of knowledge of, uh, of what he was actually going through. Um, but it's no, there's no one thing to blame, you know? It's just so many things contributed sure, to it. a multifaceted uh, yeah. scenario. Are you, I've asked other people this whose parents have uh, bipolar and, and or whatever mental health. Are you worried about the genetic aspect? Like, have you noticed as it were I mean, yeah, your daughter, you, I mean, Yeah, it's a, definitely a part of my life. You know, I, I struggle with it all the time. I uh, go through really uh, dark, uh, deep depressions and... I have anxiety issues, and uh, you know, I worry when I'm too happy because I know that the flip side of that is like coming oh. down. Yeah, so it's like being happy is a drag. <laughs> exactly. And I worry about my daughter all the time, and I worry about my whole family. You know, uh, I don't think there's one of us that has been untouched by it. And honestly, I don't think there's a person in this world that hasn't been touched either their own health journey or someone close to them. I mean, I read the latest statistics from CAMH recently, and it was like, one in four people will suffer uh, this year from a mental health crisis. I think one in four wow. in, in Canada. And then uh, the almost deeper and scarier statistic was that one in two people in their life before they're 40 will suffer from a mental health crisis or are suffering from one. Yeah, one in two people in Canada. So this is not something that we cannot talk about. No. You know, we yeah. got to talk about it. That's another reason why we have Romeo Dallara a little bit later on yeah. the show today. Amazing. Uh, all of his PTSD stuff and yeah. everything. Um, thank you. Thank you for uh, letting us talk about it. Pleasure this. Yeah. to have you guys here. It really has been a pleasure. Thank and uh, don't forget, uh, kids, tonight, Dublin Street United Church. Dublin Street United Church. Hi, today, today. You just make it sound like a question. <laughs> Uh, Dublin Street United Church in Guelph, Ontario. Uh, doors open at 7.30. Show starts at 8, yeah. I believe, is the uh, are the details. And you can get tickets at the door. And uh, CatherineMcClellan.com is the website. And uh, really, what you need to know is, if it's all right by you, the songs of Gene McClellan features two generations of Juno award-winning artists and is available all around the universe right now as we speak. <laughs> I wish you the best. Thank you very much. I really much. do. And uh, you too, Chris. Thank you, man. <laughs> kind of enamored with you a little bit more than Catherine McClellan. But, I know. Uh, it's because he doesn't tell you as much. I have that effect. <laughs> it's a mystery. <laughs>